0: Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. Ooh, we're in it. We are in January. If you're listening in live time, we're all the way in. (laughs) Although I feel like it's getting better, maybe. I am someone who struggles with transition out of vacation time back into work time. I'm not good at relaxing during vacation time and I get stressed out about reentry time, which is like, welcome to anxiety. Welcome to a person who has diagnosed anxiety, who has had anxiety since she was a very little girl, and who has a really easily stimulated brain. And this is what my therapist has told me over the years like, your brain is stimulated in a really special way, which means that it turns on really easily and it has a hard time turning off. So I can find stress in vacation time and downtime. And when I'm supposed to be relaxing, I get stressed out about the fact that I'm supposed to be relaxing and I wonder like, am I relaxing well enough right now? If you don't have anxiety, you're gonna just think this sounds really weird. But if you do have anxiety, you're like, yep, I know, I got it. So we are back into January, we're back into quote unquote like normal, real life, what have you, where we're not in that weird time between the holidays and the new years and we're really back in it. And by now, you probably have found a place where you feel maybe grounded, but also maybe totally discombobulated in this space of a new year, in the space of 2023. So I want to give you some anchors today to help you feel more grounded in the new year. And some of these things are things that really help me when I need to kind of tether myself, especially if that anxiety is like running away without me. So I'm hoping this will be really helpful for you. If you are feeling like, holy cow, I can't even like catch my breath this year. Or if you're feeling like you don't have a sense of direction, I think this will be really helpful. We are coming up on a couple cool things this month in the Shameless Mom Academy. So we have the Plan and Prep Pajama Party coming up next week. Registration's already closed for that. So I hope lots of you are coming. I know many of you are. And then after that, we're going to be opening the doors to the Academy and to our membership community. And so as you're listening today, if you're like, huh, I need more of this. I need a little more handholding. I need a little more support. I can use some guidance from Sarah, who's a coach who's worked with women for 20 years, holy cow, 20 years, yes, since 2003, then pay attention to that note and that nudge where you're like, hmm, I could use some more guidance in these areas because helping you all and supporting you all in deep, intentional ways is my gift. (laughs) Don't want to brag, but it is my gift. And I would love to help you more in 2023. And the next opportunity to do that will be once we open the doors to the Academy where you can become a member of the Shameless Mom Academy. And that will start next week, the week of January 23rd, is when we'll be opening the doors for that. And if you're on my email list, you'll get email information about that. If you're not on my email list and you want to get email information about joining the Academy, just go to shamelessmom.com newsletter, and we'll get everything right to you. That's shamelessmom.com newsletter. And that's where we send out everything that we do, all of our events and all the good stuff. It all goes out through email before it hits social media, before it hits the podcast It is in your inbox. So that's shamelessmom.com newsletter to get all those good, in your inbox and then just make sure that we're not going to your spam or your promotions folder that we're actually landing in your inbox because that's always tricky too. So with that said, let's talk about anchoring in the new year and what you can do to feel anchored and grounded in a time and space in the world where often it feels anything but anchored and grounding, right? So there's four things we're going to talk through today, and by the end of this episode, I'm hoping that you will feel like, oh, that's the thing I need to focus on, or that you will feel like, oh, now I know what I can return to in those moments when it just feels like, holy cow, the world has gotten flipped upside down on me again and again and again sometimes, and oh, I don't know which way is up, and I don't know how to take the next step forward. So the first anchor I'm going to offer you. The first anchor to keep you grounded in 2023 is connecting with other women doing great things. And this is really broad, but I hope it's really helpful and helpful in a way that allows you to be inspired, not in a way that allows you to fall into like comparative despair. So let me (laughs) clarify what that means. So when we look at what other women are doing and we're like, oh my gosh, because she did it, that means I can do it too. That's inspirational, right? So you might see someone you follow on social media and think like, wow, that's amazing that they did this really cool thing. I love that. And I could see myself doing that. And that makes me excited to try to go after something similar. That's inspirational. Now, we often find ourselves in comparative despair, where we see someone do something and we immediately think, well, because they did it, I can't, which is like a weird thing. An example that comes to mind with this that has been common over my years across the fitness industry and in just helping women with goal setting is a friend of yours decides she's going to run a 5K. And she tells you like, I'm going to run this 5K. And you're like, oh, that's amazing. That's so great. I'm like, I'm cheering for you and what have you. And then your friend runs the 5K and they're all excited. They tell you about it. I ran the 5K and it was amazing. And oh my gosh, now I want to do another one or I want to do a 10K. And you're like, oh. They met that goal and I didn't do that. And I feel less than because I watched someone else do something that I didn't go after or that I maybe can't do right now or don't feel qualified or adequate to do. And we get into this comparative despair where we might be happy for our friend, but we also feel worse about ourselves. So I want you to position yourself to be in connection with other women who are doing great things that inspire you. So if there are people that you follow on social media that just make you feel like crap because they're taking pictures of their six-pack abs or their perfect meals or their like constantly curated matching dressed children, unfollow, 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 unfollow. That is not connection with other women doing great things. That is choosing to exist in comparative despair and that does not serve you. The alternative to that is connecting with women who are doing great things that actually inspire you. So I actually just before this episode today, popped into Apple Podcasts to do something to look something up. And I saw some recent reviews for the show. And the recent reviews for the show, which by the way, thank you so much to everyone who leaves reviews. But there was a couple recent reviews that said, Oh, my gosh, I'm so glad I found the show because the show is helping me take action and Like, take chances and risks in my life. And the show is teaching me how to take action steps and how to be more confident or courageous. So, if this show is a place that inspires you to do great things, then this would be one of those connections. So, whether it is listening to this show, whether it's listening to other shows like the Shameless Mom Academy, whether it is following people who do this kind of work that I do on social media, whether it's hanging out with certain groups of girlfriends or colleagues that lift you up and really light a fire under you to do great things, connection with those people keeps you grounded. So I have certain groups of friends who keep me connected to great things. I have like my ski bestie who I ski with, who keeps me really inspired to ski and really inspired to like stay strong and courageous on the slopes. I have my speaking bestie who really inspires me to like put myself out there for scary speaking gigs. And when I get the win and I get the gig, she's like, oh my gosh, yes. And when I don't, she's like, okay, like let's go back to the drawing board. Let's see how we can like make this different next time. I have a podcasting bestie. I have like little pockets and groups of friends. Sometimes it's one person, sometimes it's a group of people who allow me to stay connected in the realms where I want to improve myself. And that keeps me very grounded. And so when things are great and I can be celebratory in those spaces, I have those people to go to to be like, oh, my gosh, I did it. And when things are not celebratory, when things suck in those areas, I can go to them and be like, oh, this is hard. And they're like, yes, we see you. We've been there here's what we how we can help you or if you just want us to listen. So that kind of connection is really really helpful. I also find that like reading books by other women who've done amazing things. Again, listening to podcasts, following them on social media, listening to other women's audiobooks cuz oftentimes I don't get around to reading the actual book. I buy it and it sits next to my bedside. So connecting with other women doing great things. It might be connecting with other girlfriends in person in your local area. And it might be connecting with people in this online space, having this loose affiliation where you feel like you're someone's BFF, maybe just because you listen to their podcast. I know some of you are in that situation listening to this show. And I love that I get to live in your ear a couple times a week. And so those connections are really meaningful in grounding us because they give us a place to return to when we feel great about something, but also when we want some support and when we need a place to kind of land gently, land softly and feel a bit of a virtual or in real life hug around us from someone who can care for us unconditionally. So that's number one. That first anchor to keep you grounded in 2023 is connection with other women doing great things. I swear it's like, Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. Number two, the second anchor to keep you grounded in 2023 is delicious routines that nourish your mind, body, and soul. I long ago stopped resolutions and stopped recommending resolutions that were like, lose 10 pounds and do a 10-day detox and start a new meal plan and work out every day for an hour. Like Those are just not things that nourish my mind, body, or soul or other women's mind, bodies, or souls from what I found in doing the work that I do and the kind of work that I've done over the last 20 years. Now, the flip side of that, delicious routines that nourish your mind, body, and soul might include bits of that So, for example, a delicious routine for me is riding my Peloton a couple times a week. But my delicious routines around my Peloton that fell by the wayside over the holidays are not like get back on and go twice as hard. It's really like get on and do a 20 minute ride with the teacher that you love the most with the music that makes you feel good. It's not about how many calories can I burn? How hard can I go? How fast can I go? It's not about metrics. It's really about what feels good. And so there's certain ways that I nourish my body. Skiing is one of them. Peloton's one of them. Lifting weights is one of them. Walking is one of them, where I nourish my body in ways that just feel really good. So that's a delicious routine versus like this punitive punishment of a resolution. And there's a huge, huge difference. Another delicious routine might be Eating foods that either are delicious to you, literally, or that make you feel really good. So I know that, like, if I don't eat protein with the meal, the meal does not sit with me for very long and it it makes me super cranky. Like, within an hour or two, I'm like, mama needs a snack or mama needs something. And so, for me, a delicious routine is like having really well balanced meals. I'm very sensitive to hunger and unbalanced meals. Another delicious routine is having, I had this whole thing back when I was in the fitness industry and I would do a lot of work with people around food and nutrition. And I had this like whole rubric for how can you make meals really enjoyable and still be within this realm of like giving you energy and feeling like you're making choices that feel healthy for your body. And so I always use the example of salads. And over time like I kind of became notorious for these salad my like salad template because I was like, okay, here's the deal with the salad for me. Like it needs to be salty. It needs to be crunchy. It needs to have some fat in it. It definitely needs to have some cheese in it. So like the things in my salad were always like crumbled goat cheese, sunflower seeds, avocado, fine chopped greens, all these things. I'm telling you fruit. I always have like berries or apples or something in my salad. I'm telling you, I will go to my grave as like a legendary salad maker because I'm really clear on what tastes good to me, like what makes a salad delicious and nourishing for me. Now that might be totally different for you. You might be like, I only care if my salad has like carrots and cabbage. Cool, great. Or you might be like, my salad needs to have some pasta. Awesome. You get to do it however you want, but what are the delicious routines that nourish your mind, body, and soul? Whether it is related to how you eat meals, whether it's related to the mug that you drink your coffee out of, whether it's related to getting up earlier than your kids in the morning, or moving your body in a certain way, or reading the Bible first thing, or pulling from an oracle deck. There's so many different ways to do this. You need to tap into your intuition to listen in and know that these are the delicious routines that nourish me. I have a number of colleagues who love to take a long bath in the evening. No, thank you. (laughs) Like, you know what I would do if I had an extra hour in the evening? I would get out a thousand piece puzzle and listen to a podcast in my AirPods while working on the puzzle. Like that is my or I'd watch Real Housewives. Those are like the only two things I want to do if I have an extra hour in the evening. I don't want to sit in the bathtub. That is not a delicious routine for me. But for other people, it's like the magic for them, right? So you need to know what is your delicious routine that you crave and that when you get to have it on a very regular basis, it nourishes your mind, body, and soul. If you don't know what those things are, I challenge you to just start like a little list in a journal, a notebook, on a post-it note to identify those things because when you're having a hard day, when you're in those sticky spots, to be able to return to those things are hugely grounding. I used this example recently where I was just feeling very untethered over winter break, a lot of stress and anxiety over a lot of different things. And I had gotten up that morning and done my like kind of normal workout for that day, and which was some weight stuff and it was fine, like pretty uneventful, didn't really like, I don't know, I just like did the work, I went through the motions with the workout, let's just say. I get done with the workout and like two hours later, I was just kind of beside myself with like a lot of uncertainty and frustration and irritation about a handful of things. And I was like, I did the wrong workout. I was like, what I really need to do is get on the Peloton and just go really fast. And so I did. I got on the Peloton and did like, I think a 10 or 15 minute ride just going really fast. And oh my gosh, it was just like the delicious routine that I needed to kind of get out my anxious, nervous Frustrated, irritated, cranky mom energy. And it regrounded me so that I could then get through the 187th day of when midwinter or winter break, Christmas vacation, without feeling like I was so untethered and just unable to manage or control anything. So when you know what those delicious routines are, those are the things you can return to in those moments where you feel untethered, where you need that anchor to get yourself regrounded. Number three. The third anchor to keep you grounded in 2023 is intentional time management. And I feel like I'm not an expert in this at all, but I do have some things that work really well for me. And I like to share them because when I share them, I feel like I get a lot of feedback that people are like, oh my gosh, I implemented that and it changed everything. So I'm going to share some of my intentional time management strategies with you. And these are just things I've learned over the years. And every year in January, I try to return to how do i want to manage my time this year in a way that feels really good and what do i want to like take from the year before and then how do i want to build upon that so this started a number of years ago actually with the podcast and so i had the podcast and i was feeling very disjointed because i was working the gym full time when i owned my fitness studio and then i also had the podcast and it felt like these two full time jobs that did not really overlap in a lot of ways and managing time was really hard. And so I had to decide like, okay, the podcast is the fun thing, the fun bonus I get to do on Friday afternoons. And that's the only time I did it. And then over time, it was like, okay, once you're starting to do interviews, I'm going to do interviews only on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then I realized like, I don't need to do interviews every Tuesday and Thursday, because I'm only doing four interviews. I'm having to produce four interviews a month. So I don't need to have like eight days a month available for interviews. So I'm going to just move it down to just Thursdays. And then a year or so after that, I was like, I'm going to do it every other Thursday. So now on my schedule, if someone goes to book a podcast interview, there are two Thursdays a month that they can choose from. It used to be that there was eight days a month that they could choose from. It used to be that there was only Friday afternoons that I worked on the podcast. So every year I'm looking at How do I want to shift my schedule and intentionally manage my time so that I have space where I need space so that I am putting like tasks together because that's most efficient for my energy? And also so that I can wake up from one day to the next and one week to the next and look forward to the work that I'm doing. Now, I know there's a lot of luxury and privilege in that because I know a lot of you can't manage your schedule to that level. But over time, that's what I've been able to do because of the nature of the work that I do. For you, it might look really different, but I want you to be thoughtful around what are your core yeses and what are your core no's when it comes to time management. So you might be like, you know what? I don't do laundry on weeknights, only on the weekends. Or the opposite. You might be like, I only do laundry on the weekends, not on weeknights. Like, or the op- the flip-flop. Now I already forgot the first one I said. but <laughs> So you know what I mean. Like I only do it here, not there. Or flip it to whatever works for you. Giving your time or committing your time in a way that is intentional to you, that allows you to be effective and efficient in the way that you want to be. I know that I really don't like going into the weekend with a lot of Like house chores and tasks, so I would rather go to the grocery store on a weeknight evening, or kind of sneak it in in the middle of the workday, or like while Vinny's at a sports practice, than do it on the weekend. But I know a lot of other people either can't do that, or just like in no world want to go to the grocery store at five p.m. on a Wednesday. Totally get it. They're like, I'd much rather go Saturday at nine. That sounds horrible to me. So (laughs) know where you're, what you're, where you're going to do what you're going to do, and then. Be committed to the things that you want to do in intentional ways. And so I know my core yeses for me on a weekend are being able to ski. And so I get done a whole bunch of other things during the week so that I can have the weekend as open for skiing as possible. I know that I also want to have downtime on the weekend to do puzzles (laughs) or to just hang out or to, like, I just don't want to have a lot of chore stuff on the weekend. It really bothers me. So my yeses to those kinds of things happen at other times during the week. I also want to give you permission as you are thinking about intentional time management to know what are your core no's and what are the things that you're intentionally committed to not giving time and energy to. A number of years ago, this woman who I followed in the fitness space, who has this like, she had this massive online, or she still has this massive online fitness following. At that time, she worked with one-on-one coaching clients, and then she's done a ton of group stuff, and now she helps people build fitness businesses online. And she's done amazing, amazing things. And she's like, I want you to really be clear on how I was able to do this. And she's like, I was only able to build what I've built because there's a whole bunch of things I don't do. She's like, I say yes to the things that I want to build and the ways that I want to show up. And then I say no to a whole bunch of things that don't matter to me. And she's like, the things that don't matter to me might make your skin crawl. And so I remember specifically her showing her car. She's like, the inside of my car is going to have like old Whole Foods bags and like protein bar wrappers and probably like some old like drink bottles from like I don't know, like kombucha bottles or something like in the backseat of her car. She doesn't have kids. So she's not like she's not going to have the kid crumbs. But she's like, the backseat of my car is basically like a Whole Foods garbage can. And she's like, I don't care about having a clean car. I am like running around town, getting things done, running my businesses. Like, I'm not worried about cleaning my car. And then she showed her bedroom. She's like, let me just show you my laundry situation. She's like, I kind of don't do laundry. And she showed her bedroom floor that had like all these piles of laundry And this is someone, when you look at her social media, she has like this gorgeous curated social media. She has this really successful business and she was like, let me be clear. I can have these pictures up here that show you this one image. And in the background, there's all these things that I say no to that I do not care about. I don't care about having a clean car. I don't care about having my laundry like folded and neatly done. Like I'm just picking up my spandex off the floor, putting them on. Once they're washed, I dump them in a pile. <laughs> and I loved that transparency because she was really clear on what she was committed to giving time and energy to and what she was not going to commit time and energy to. So whatever yours is. Another woman I follow online, she's a mom of four little girls. And I remember her sharing, and I thought this was so freaking brilliant a while ago. She shared her laundry system. And she's like, you know, some of you probably think that like I fold laundry for four little girls every few days or whatever. She's like, oh, hell no. So she showed these baskets and she literally was like, here's a basket of pants. Here's a basket of dresses, here's a basket of shirts, and here's a basket of socks and undies. My four little girls get up in the morning and they go and they pick one thing out of each basket and they get dressed. That's how it works. She's like, we don't even have dresser drawers in our house for these girls. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, yes, please say no to not even saying no to like folding laundry, but saying no to even having dressers for your children. I was so impressed by this because here's the thing you get to choose you get to choose what works for you. And I actually even thought like, huh, I wonder if we didn't have like fertility stuff and what have you. If I had seen more people parenting like that, I think I would have had capacity for more kids. Because when we were trying to decide if we wanted to try for a second child or not, I had so many limiting beliefs around what I could add to my plate. And it was because I literally was thinking through like, well, it's going to be double the work because it's like twice as many backpacks and lunches and laundry and blah, blah, blah. And I'm now thinking, but what if it's not twice as much? What if you just make a new system? <laughs> and so was rather mind blowing. My mom always jokes about my grandma being like this amazing mom and being so present for her kids. And she's like, yeah, but the house was always a disaster. Like my grandma did not believe in cleaning a house. She didn't care it wasn't part of her value system. She's like, I love my people. I love my babies. I love my relatives that live all right nearby on the same block. And like, nobody has time to clean the damn house. (laughs) So I think it's really, really powerful to recognize what you're going to say yes to what you're going to say no to. When I look at professional situations and how I look at my colleagues doing this, a lot of them are like, yeah, so I'm either not going to use social media at all, or I'm not going to use this platform or that platform. I'm only going to use these ones. Just yesterday, I was talking to someone and she was like, you know, my people are not on Instagram. They're on Facebook and Pinterest. And I was like, Pinterest? Like That's a thing still? She's like, oh yeah, my people are totally on Pinterest. So she's like, I'm not on Instagram anymore because it's an easy no for me. Like, Why would I invest my energy there? She's like, Pinterest is a hard yes for me because my people are there and I can engage with them and build relationships and have have conversation. So I'm not going to waste my time on Instagram. Like Instagram's an easy, fast and hard no. So know what your core no's are, the things you're intentionally not committing to and then know what your core yeses are so that when you're trying to make a decision, should I do this or that? Or what do I want to do with my time? That you're like, oh yes, I'm going to do that thing and I'm not going to do that thing. And you can quickly be grounded and confident in the things that you're saying yes or no to because you've defined what the meaningful yeses are and what the meaningful nos are. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood.
1: Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct.
0: Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> And number four, the fourth thing that I want you to do, the fourth anchor for you to stay grounded in 2023 is to know your gifts. Now, for some of you, you already know this. And for some of you, this is going to require a little bit of work and a little bit of maybe discomfort. And I'm going to invite you to step into that. When you know your gifts, it is so much easier to Walk yourself backward off the ledge when something makes your confidence falter. And I had this happen to me many times in 2022 where I got rejected or someone said no to something that I proposed and I something that I really wanted, something that I worked really hard to pitch myself for. And I had to be like, okay, like that's a no, but that doesn't mean that I'm bad at something or that I'm not good at the work that I do or that I'm not qualified to do that. It just means that for whatever reason, I'm not the right fit right now for this thing. I had to return to this over and over. And I had to return to, I know that I'm a good speaker. I know that I'm a good coach. I know that I'm a good trainer. I know that I'm great at facilitating uncomfortable conversations. I know that I'm good at seeing people. And I know that I'm good at holding space for people. I would actually say I'm great at all those things. So knowing that I'm great at all those things, not just good, but I'm great at all those things allowed me to carry that with me when people were like, no, we don't want you to speak or facilitate or teach or coach for this certain event. In knowing my gifts and being really clear on owning them and honoring them, I was able to accept rejection in a very different way than if I didn't know my gifts. Because if I didn't know my gifts, if I didn't have clarity around the things I was good at, it would be really easy for me to equate that no with a lack of worth or a lack of skill or a lack of ability or capability when that was not the case at all in any of the situations that I got rejected from. So how can you know your gifts? I want you to think about the things that light you up that you're better at doing than other people. I want you to think about the things that come naturally to you that you might not identify as gifts because you're like, yeah, they just kind of feel easy. So for me, podcasting is one of those things. People are like, oh my gosh, 700 episodes. And how do you do it? And how do you keep going? And I'm like, it's not hard for me. But there's plenty of people who are like, holy cow, I could never do that. That is just not my gift. And so look at the things that come easily to you that other people maybe notice. Like, wow, you're really good at that thing that I suck at. Maybe it's math. Maybe it's debate. Maybe it's crafts. Maybe it's Maybe it's Maybe it's photography. Maybe it's building things with your hands and wood and tools. Maybe it's organizing. Maybe it's cooking or baking. It can be a whole, so many different things. It could be all sorts of different interpersonal skills. Maybe it's listening with, to a friend. Maybe it's teaching someone a new skill. What are the things that you're good at that other people aren't as good at that light you up? I want you to think about what those gifts are and really own them. A really great reference for this is a book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And in The Big Leap, Gay Hendricks talks about zone of incompetence, zone of competence, zone of excellence, and zone of genius. And I send people to this book all the time. It's like probably the book I recommend more than any other book, because it helps people figure out what are the things that you do that suck your energy, that you're not good at, that you should stop doing because it's a waste of your time? And then what are the things that you do that other people aren't great at, that you are exceptional at, that light you up, lift you up, and give you energy? Those are the things that I want you returning to over and over and over again. And when you know what those things are, you can keep grounded and anchored in your gifts and You will see opportunities for you to use those gifts open up before your eyes time and time again. So knowing your gifts is going to keep you grounded. It's going to help you accept rejection. It's going to give you a sense of direction. It's also going to give you the sense of like, well, it doesn't matter if I didn't make something work or if I fumbled or had a failure because I'm still good at XYZ. And I return to that all the time. There's so many things that I try or things that I do where I'm like, yeah, that didn't work out so well. And I'm able to recognize that it's a fumble or a failure is not any reflection of my worth. And that doesn't always come easily to me. I'm making it sound like it comes easily. It does not. Sometimes that's really hard. But I can look back with some clarity or look forward with some clarity, knowing that like, these are my gifts. And these are the things I always carry with me that nobody can take away that no rejection that no letter or email or phone call of someone saying, Nope, Sarah, we don't need you or you're not the right person for us. No one can take away the things that I know I'm good at, that I know I'm exceptional at, that other people might not be exceptional at. And that's not from a place of like being overly boastful or pompous. That's just from a place of being a person and a leader who wants to take responsibility and accountability for how I show up in the world. You have a responsibility to show up in the world in a way that allows you to shine and allows you to feel good about what you're doing and allows you to share your gifts with the world. Not because you owe the world anything, but because it feels good when we share our gifts with the world. And so you have a responsibility to let yourself do that, to create space for yourself, to share your gifts in a way that lights you up and lifts you up. So those are your four anchors to stay grounded in 2023. Number one, connection with other women doing great things. Number two, delicious routines that nourish your mind, body, and soul. Number three, intentional time management. And number four, knowing and connecting with your gifts. Share this episode out with other mamas who can benefit from it. I know that a lot of us are feeling fumbly in this and like we're little on our little deer legs, wobbling Bambi legs in this first month of 2023. And then stay tuned as we keep working through this month, as we open up our registration and um, enrollment into the academy. Again, if you don't get my emails and you want to get notified as soon as we open enrollment to the Academy where you can become a member of the Academy and get ongoing coaching and support from me and my team, just go to shamelessmom.com slash newsletter to get signed up. And I will be back here on Wednesday with a fantastic interview.